Baptist Severin Run. We're so glad you decided to join us again. We are in a continuing series called Bright Lights. We wanna invite you, if you have not already, to fill out our digital connect card and comment in the comment section at any point. We'd love to interact with you and engage with you and get to know you a little more. My name is Matt Gardner and I'm married to my wife, Emily. We have two boys. We've been married for about seven years. And in just a few days, I'm gonna be able to watch the Chicago Bears lose pretty often, but I'm excited about it. We hope you guys are having a great start to your month. It's a big month and there's a lot going on, but we just wanted you to know that we are with you. I get to help lead our student ministry with Daniel Leonard, and he and I and an amazing team of adult leaders are so excited to be starting this new season. As different as it is, we're excited for the opportunity to impact and reach the next generation. Last week, we wanted to answer the question, does the next generation matter? Does reaching them matter? It's an obvious yes, but it's worth going back and looking. So we opened up the Bible to three different Psalms that gave us a very clear, compelling yes. Reaching the next generation matters and is near the heart of God. The next generation and the world we live in is looking for the light while the world is shrouded in darkness. The world is shrouded in darkness due to sin and fear, injustice, and isolation. We have this light and we have been invited, as we read in 1 John chapter 1, to be bright lights, to reflect and to live in the light of Jesus, that the others may know and see the goodness of God. Because the next generation is watching and listening. Our neighbors are watching and listening and they want to know where is the light and what can I find when I find the light. So our life is a reflection of that truth and that hope and that love for the next generation to see. So where do we go from here? Our, our, our kids don't need our traditions. They don't need our political opinions or our conspiracy theories or, or our moral superiority. Uh, the next generation needs us to be clear, consistent lights of Jesus, and they need us to bring them in close. They need us to bring them in close to the light. Not that we have this light to hide and pull into ourselves, to put up our walls and to shun and block out the world around us. No, we must be a bright light and invite them in. We need to bring them in close so that the light is clearly seen, heard, and felt by the next generation. So let's talk about what it could look like to invite the next generation in close. Not just to have a bright, shining light, not just to, to take that step, which is critically important, but to actually invite them in to see and experience, to touch and feel the truth and the goodness of Jesus. So what could it look like to bring the next generation in close? And friends, this is a very, very interesting season. It's a strange year to have this conversation because it's not the easiest time to be or feel close, right? On one hand, we're in a socially distant season. And as we take many actions and precautions to care for each other, to be safe and engage with our neighbors and our community, there's definitely a real and tangible distance. So in this distant season, how do we bring each other in close? On the other hand, this has been a really interesting season for all of us in one way or another, because many times, if not earlier in this year, or for different reasons throughout the year, we have been very close, almost too close sometimes 
uh, away in our homes where we can't leave or can't go outside. And we've got extra time, many of us working at home, many of us working at home with kids. So we've got this social distant aspect of, of being separated. And then many of us are home with our spouse, with our kids, and actually more close than we've ever been before physically. But what does it mean to actually be close to each other, to actually feel and experience the light of Jesus together and pass it to the next generation? You know, my wife and I, like I said, we've got two boys. We have a one-year-old named Jack. And in this season, we have seen him learn to walk. Uh, he actually walked right after that first initial lockdown period. So we were home with him when he just started taking off. And he literally went from zero to 100, just crawling like crazy to all of a sudden running, chasing, and just grabbing whatever he can. And just about a week from now, our older son, Josh, is gonna be turning three years old. I mean, time has been flying by and we can't believe how much he has grown. And so in the ways and the times that we have been distant and the ways and the times that we've been at home together, my wife and I working at home, with a one and an almost three-year-old, we felt every different side of this conversation, every different emotion, every blessing and benefit and every struggle. We just wanted you guys to know that in this tension, right, we're still here in this tension, moving into a new school year. We wanted you all to know that we are with you, that, that our church, that our community, that our staff and our leaders are with you and praying for you. Students, families, kids, as you're about to begin a new school year, uh, and we're talking about being close, we just want you guys to know that even while we are still apart, we are close in heart and close in prayer with you. Allison, Daniel, and I, we are praying for you and thinking of you and working to offer ways for us to connect and remain close in this time. You know that our church and ministries are praying for you. Our church is, is looking forward to opportunities to share and be together, to be close again. Uh, Daniel and I in our student ministry, we just kicked off, again, this, this subscription box opportunity. And we just had the opportunity to deliver boxes to over 60 students. All right, there's still things we can do in this season. There's still ways that we can connect and be close to each other, even if we're not close in the way we used to be. We actually just started our brand new series for student ministry with this idea this idea that even in these times, these desert seasons, these dry seasons, the season where we feel far apart, God is still inviting us to build and to grow. God is still inviting us, even in the midst of, of a place we don't want to be, that we are being invited to build and to grow. So while we're still in this tension, in this interesting season, we'll call it that, it's still time to grow. It's still time to bring the next generation in close. It's time to bring them in close to the light of Jesus. So let's take a look at God's word for some insight into this idea and how we can apply it to our ministry and our homes and our communities today. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're reading the people of Israel who are in this major movement, this, this critical point in their relationship with God. They had just received in the previous chapter, chapter 5, the, the Ten Commandments from God, and here we are now with a call for wholehearted commitment to the Lord. You can read along with me in Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are home 
when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are waking up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. Here again, we have a clear and compelling invitation from God, again, to take the things we have seen and heard, the experiences we have of the goodness of God, the person of Jesus, the light that we live in, to take that and and pass it on to the next generation. In this passage, we see what it means to be the bright light and to bring the next generation in close, to make the light clear, visible, and tangible. Not that it's far away, because we can see Uh, the the bright light of a star, but to bring the light closer to home, to feel its impact, to feel its warmth, and to feel the connection we have to the person of Jesus. So as we look through this passage and go back through, I want to highlight some main ideas and some key focuses to how we as a church, how we in our families, and then each of us individually as a member of a church, of a family, of this community, how we are called and invited to do exactly that, to bring the light and hope of Jesus and bring it close to the children, to the students, young adults, bring it close to the next generation. First thing we want to take away from this passage is almost subliminal underneath. It's at the heart of the core of what this text is telling us is that to bring the light to the students, to bring the light to our children, the next generation is not a passive ministry. It's not to literally set the light stand next to it and just say, okay, come and see. There's actually a a movement involved. There's an intentionality to, to take a step, to make a gesture, to demonstrate, to move towards the next generation. It's not just uh, from my chair, from my seat. It's to actually stand and move and rise and to find and seek out the next generation. You know, a lot of people Uh, A lot of people don't move towards kids. They don't move towards teenagers. There's a lot of different thoughts and feelings that people have. Uh, There's some really funny ways that we, again, we communicate different. Maybe we relate to things differently. Some of us are still trying to figure out what a meme is or isn't. But the point is we're called to move towards students. We're called to move towards the next generation. So any step, anything intentional, anything that lets them know that not only is the light here, but we are prepared to share it with you. It's a whole different posture than standing, if you can imagine, almost a ring around the light closed off uh, with no interest or attention. It's a different posture to have your eyes uh, looking and pursuing where is the next generation? Where are these kids? Where are these students? Where are these young adults? There, there's an intentionality here to be intentionally pursuing. If we're going to do these things listed in Deuteronomy 6, we have to be open, ready, and intentional to move. The second thing we can do from this passage to help bring the light of Jesus close to the next generation and help them come in close to it is to start to build some healthy spiritual habits or spiritual disciplines for ourselves, for our family, for our community. As a church, our kids and student ministry, we look for opportunities in our, our weekly gatherings. We look for opportunities, uh, you know, virtually and in person to instill these habits, to pray, to read the Bible, to spend time listening and connecting to the Holy Spirit, to connect to the God that is the light, to connect to the person of Jesus. There's a lot of different ways we can do this at home. Every family, every child is different, and there's not a one-size-fits-all way to build these habits. But the point is still the same. 
You and I are called and we are invited to build habits for ourselves and for our family that will grow them and bring them into the light, bring them closer to feel the warmth and the goodness of God, the love, the truth, and the hope of Jesus Christ. We can look here again, just to repeat, that we're invited to repeat things, to have a habit, to have a discipline. Maybe it's a family saying, maybe it's a Bible verse we say uh, over and over again. Maybe it's the time we use going to bed or getting up in the morning. How are we uh, just on our own faith journey? How are we using that time? And what are we modeling for the next generation? And then how are we bringing them in into that time? If my time every morning is a cup of coffee and sitting down and reading the Bible by myself, that's amazing and phenomenal. Keep it up. But what's the next step? The next step is bringing the next generation into that. So if you have kids or students in your home, maybe it's inviting them to be a part of that process with you. Maybe it's inviting them to to listen to what you read and learned and prayed about later in the day. Maybe you don't have kids and and students in your home, right? You're part of this church community. You're part of the church at Severin Run, our, our faith body. It's finding other opportunities later to have that conversation and then invite the next generation into it. Invite them to pray with you, to read God's word with you. I look at the end here, this section, to tie reminders on their hands, to wear them on their forehead, you know, to write on the doorpost, to write on your gates. Maybe it's as simple as having something on your wall or your refrigerator, something you can point back to, almost just subconsciously remind ourselves again and again of who we are, for what our family believes, and where we find our hope in light. So the second thing, again, just to build habits and spiritual disciplines to lead and guide our family. And for us, again, as a student ministry, to incorporate that in everything we do, that every time we gather, that God's word is read, that we're spending time to pray and inviting students to pray out loud. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but many people uh, feel a shyness and that's totally, totally normal. But we want to invite them to, to continue to grow, to pray out loud, to pray in front of others, and most importantly, pray with other people. The third thing kind of flows right out of this. It's to make it personal. If I want to have my personal relationship with Jesus, it's my personal connection to the light. That's important. But we're also called to live in community. We're called to live connected as a body of believers. And if we're called to share this light with the next generation, which we are, then we need to find a way to translate our personal experience, our story and our testimony of Jesus and deliver it personally to the next generation, to students and to kids. There's a lot of personal ways to do that. Uh, I know some some families, some people, they have songs. It's a song. It's a, it's a connection I've made to God through music. And so I want to share this song with you. Uh, maybe it's even just a Bible verse, right? Going back to that discipline. I've built this discipline and I've fallen in love with this verse. It's ministered to me in my heart. I want to share it with you. And this is why this verse has changed my life. Uh, you know, my older son, Joshua, is named Joshua because of Joshua 1.9. And my father read and tells me that verse all of the time. So my father has this personal connection to the light of God through Joshua 1.9. He, he passed it on to me and explained it to me in a personal way that impacted me so much that my son is Joshua. Right? It's those opportunities to take your personal faith and to grow and see beyond that the light is being given to the next generation. In addition to that, there's an opportunity to listen. 
right? So I just wanna just kind of almost hit the brakes for a second. A lot, of, a lot of our wheels are spinning. We're thinking about, okay, this is what I can say. This is what I can show. This is what I can give. Making it personal goes both ways. Having that conversation uh, to verse seven, to talk when you're at home, talk when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, right? That's a conversation. It's a two-way street. So, so just as much as I'm figuring out how I can give my personal story and testimony, I wanna understand how the next generation, how this student, this young adult, this person in my life that I love and care for, you know, what is their story? What is their interest? What are their questions? I wanna allow room at the table for everyone to talk and for everyone to listen, including myself, including myself. And that may include uh, you know, parents of students, that's gonna include a lot of tough questions and allowing room at the table for tough questions. To again, we don't have all the answers. Having questions is perfectly normal. So giving room for that personal reaction, a personal question that's going to point us back to the light. We may not have the answers today. That's a great question. I'd love to look into that. And maybe you know, you and I can keep talking. All right, that's, that's the best response we can give. In student ministry, uh, in, in almost 10 years of time in student ministry, I'm always getting questions I've never heard before. I don't know at what point that stops, but students are smart, young adults are smart, and they ask questions that are, are smart. And so I have to just be in a posture of, I don't know the answer, but I can point you to the light, and I would love to continue talking with you. I would love to continue hearing what you have to say, what your questions are, and we all can take that approach. The fourth thing, kind of getting deeper and deeper now, is uh, an invitation to community. You know, a lot of this passage, listen, O Israel, uh, it starts in verse four. This is a this is a invitation to a community. It's an invitation to a group of people. Yes, parenting is deeply, deeply personal. Leading and sharing your testimony and leading other people to the light is very, very personal. It's a very, uh, you know, on, on the surface level, very individual task. But there is a massive community here. This is a nation of people. This is a group of people hearing this instruction. The same way that we as a church we are called to respond as the body of Christ, the body of believers to instill into the next generation the light and hope of Jesus. So in that vein, we ought to be inviting the next generation into our community. They are already a part of our body. They're already a part of our church. We need to act like that. So for students uh, in Sunday for I don't know how long. We've had a lot of amazing opportunities historically for, for students to interact here at the church. We want to prioritize and challenge our students to believe and to know and to understand you are Severn Runners. You are a part of this church. This worship center is your worship center. Uh, this, this worship team is your worship team, right? We have Collide Student Ministry. We have uh, our Collide events and a subscription box and a YouTube channel. We have ways to to reach students and to give personal messages to students. And that's important and amazing, but we are not existing on an island. We're not siloed off all by ourselves, disconnected from the church. Because the truth is uh, many, many students who walk away from the church are walking away from a building. They're walking away from a senior pastor or worship team. They're not always walking away from their faith and, and thank God for that. You know, we read those statistics about 80%. That's not 80% of students who don't believe 
in the light anymore. It's 80% of students who get out of the habit of attending and regularly being a part of a church body. And so we need to make sure we're reminding our students, reminding the next generation that you are a part of this community. You are a part of this church, a part of the mission and the vision to be of the church of Severn Run. And wherever you go, if you do move away, uh, if you move away or you, you, go, you go to school, whatever comes next, you are still called to the greater body, capital C church, and therefore invited to find a new local church as well. I mean, Severn Run can always be your home. You're always welcome here, but don't forsake the gathering you've been invited to. You know, we've had a lot of different opportunities to lead students on trips and different adventures. And I think the thing that kind of pulls this together more than anything is when we took students from Florida, whitewater rafting in Tennessee. And we've done this several different times, many different years. And there was just this one experience where a group of students get into a raft and start going down the rapids. And we're approaching our very first rapid together and there is no connection, there's no community, there's no communication going on inside of our raft. And so on our very first rapid, we flipped over and everybody fell off and we were all alone in the water. Slowly, one by one, we all get kind of pulled back in by the guide. You know, we're, we're working our way back onto the team, back onto our raft together. And from that point forward, we realized, I don't want to be alone. I need someone to pull me back into the boat, back onto the raft. And from that point on, man, we worked together, we paddled together. Uh, you know, it was, it was a very good, easy picture of why being in community matters. Being together matters. Inviting students into community also invites them into leadership. It invites them to the table to, to tell their story, to use their gifts, and to be a part of the body, to be a part of the church. Students, we are looking for you to lead, to step up, and to grow, and to help us lead, step up, and grow. You know, my dad is a fantastic storyteller, and he told amazing stories to my siblings and I growing up, and there was this moment as we got a little bit older that all of a sudden he was asking us to help tell the story, and then eventually us tell stories ourselves, right? That's a, a very small picture of what we're invited to do. You know, if, if we're working with, with the worship team and the kids ministry and, and the food distribution center, these are all opportunities. There's countless opportunities for students to take their gifts, talents, and passions to be a part of this community and serve together. You know, the last and final thing that comes through in this passage, and it comes through really in this entire chapter, in this whole pivotal point in the relationship of God's people with their new covenant with God, which is to be fully committed, to be all in on believing and following the light of God, on believing and investing and placing my eternal hope in the light of Jesus. We need to be committed to the next generation and dedicated and relentless to to passing this light and inviting them in to experience it. It's not just for those moments like a baby dedication or a high school graduation. It's everything in between and then everything after, right? Our church has to be committed. You and I have to be committed to the entire life of our children, to the next generation, that at no point do we ever give up or lose hope. In those, those conversations, those reflections of, of our teenagers and our young adults, who are asking hard questions, who are feeling more lost and disconnected from their faith than maybe they did a few years ago. While today's present posture matters, today's voice and, and what I say and how I'm living close to the light matters, we also need to just keep a long, 
finish line mindset, right? That there's never a point where we stop. There's never a point where we lose hope or give up or quit on the next generation. We're called to again and again, repeat these things to them again and again, share the hope, the light and the love again and again, even if they, they, they ask questions, even if they have moments of doubt, we are called to again and again, bring them close to the light. You and I cannot control the outcome. We cannot control today's decisions, but we can control our ability and our commitment to bring them the light of Jesus, to invite them in close, to see, hear, and feel the love of God. We can remain committed and pursue the next generation through our church ministries, through our home, and through our community. Friends, this is a great opportunity as we start a new school year to just remind ourselves of the importance that God has called us to reach out to the next generation, that God has called us to be a bright light and to invite the next generation in close, that they know that they can feel our intentional movement and care towards them, that we can help instill and guide them to spiritual disciplines and habits that will help them grow in their faith that we can bring them in close for personal conversations to let them ask questions and, and, and have moments of doubt and have moments of, of what comes next, I don't know, and then point them to the light as their hope and their answer, to invite them into the community of our church, that they are a part of the bigger body, that they are better in community than they are alone. We are all better in community than we are alone. And to invite them to lead and serve and be the example. Friends, let us not lose hope. Let us not give up. Let us remain committed. Committed because the next generation matters. And if it matters, we need to continue to live like it matters and give like it matters and pray like it matters. The last thing I want to share with you all is something that our family ministry, you know, our kids ministry, student ministry together is working on. Uh, in just a week, on September 13th, we're going to have a, pr a family prayer and movie night here at the church, outside from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It was Sunday, September 13th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We're having opportunities for family to gather to pray, to enjoy time outside together as this new school year is just getting started, to pray for our students, pray for our teachers, parents, administrators, and schools, and to enjoy some time outside in fellowship and community together. It's been an honor and a privilege to serve here at the Church at Severn Run in our student ministry. And I want to thank you this morning for taking the time to be with us, to engage and to worship, and to continue to be the light and to share it with the next generation.